You're listening to the Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. Welcome to the very first episode of the new Davenport Junior Theater Podcast. My name is Emma Heidorn and I am your host. I'm an AmeriCorps member serving here at Davenport Junior Theater. This podcast will explore the past, help us understand the present, and let us dream of the future. Today with me, I have Daniel Sheridan, the Performing Arts Supervisor for Davenport Junior Theater. Uh, welcome to the show, Daniel. Hi, thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited about the podcast. I'm excited to have you. Can you please uh, give me a brief history of how you became involved with um, junior theater and your experiences here over the years? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, my involvement with the junior theater goes all the way back to around 1995 when I was in um, junior high and uh, actually it was late elementary school and I was um, wanting to do theater as a kid and I was lucky enough to win a free class um, and that really set the course for my life uh, as far as being involved in the arts and everything so I never thought that I would be back at junior theater but I've been back here for 12 years now so I've been a student I was on the student staff I used to come back in the col- my college years and teach at our summer camps and then I came back and directed on the main stage in college. And then in 2008, I took over the program uh, as the performing arts uh, coordinator. Then it was coordinator, part-time job. That's awesome. So if you've been here for 12 years, what was junior theater like back then? And how much has it changed over the years and what progress has it made? Wow. Okay. So, you know, kind of reflecting back to 2008, one thing that's always made junior theater resilient and strong is the people involved uh, and who care so much about the mission. And everyone you meet here is really focused on trying to create the best experience for the kids involved. And I think that's what's given junior theater its staying power to make it to almost 70 years. Mm -hmm. But back in 2008, there had been, you know, a handful of years of disruptions from, from 1990 to 2005, only two people had ever run junior theater. After recording this interview, Daniel realized that he misspoke and that junior theater was actually led by two amazing women from 1951 to 2005. And then from um, 2005 to 2008, it passed leadership hands five different times. So there was was a lot of disruption during that time. Mm -hmm. There was some confusion. The relationship between the nonprofit and the city had broken down somewhat. So there was some fences to be mended. Um, but, you know, when, when I first started, um, the facility needed a ton of work. The program was very small. You know, we had around 300 enrollments in programs and in, annually. And th- this last year, we had over 1,800 enrollments. So that's, that's really grown, which we're really proud of. But, um, but the team's expanded, and we're just able to do more. We're able to provide more opportunities uh, for, for kids. Awesome. So you talked about mending those fences. Can you explain a bit about your position and how Junior Theater Inc. works with uh, Davenport Parks and Rec? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of people don't realize how this is set up. So the city of Davenport manages the facility as well as all the classes and camps that go on at Junior Theater. Those are all a function of Junior Theater Parks and Recreation. So then the nonprofit arm, Junior Theater Incorporated, was originally formed up back in, actually, I want to say the 60s, 
Okay. Uh, not the 50s, but they were formed up in the 1960s to, to help find junior theater a home. It had been a program for a little over a decade, but it was constantly moving and being uprooted. And so uh, the community members came together and started a nonprofit. So what that's formed into over time is the nonprofit not only does fundraising, uh, write grants, stay connected to our alumni, but they also manage our professional main stage series, our producing arm, where we do three to four fully realized major productions a year. Uh, and then also our junior board, which is students sixth grade and up who've done a main stage show and they have their own money and funds and run like a little nonprofit of their own and do special events and things like that. So it's really hand in hand. The city of Davenport has an investment in the facility and the programs and so does Junior Theater Inc. And so it's sort of a symbiotic relationship. That sounds like a really great partnership. Can you talk about the facility improvements that have happened over the past 12 years? Yeah. Um, yeah, we can just start by talking about space. You know, when I, when I was here as a student in the 90s, and for any student who is at Annie Whitmire Complex um, for a long time, junior theater was just run out of three cottages and then the theater itself. So we've expanded uh, into uh, four, five, six, seven cottages now, and that's allowed us to add on a puppetry lab, multiple acting studios, um, a unique props house all to itself, a library, um, main stage uh, rehearsal studios, and a whole bunch of other things. But we've also been able to expand even further, and now on campus here, we have our very own scene shop. Uh, up until about three years ago, when we needed to build a production or load in a production. We didn't really have anywhere to build it except on the stage. So now we have this large space here on campus where we can pre-build our sets and do an actual load in. And it also protects the theater itself from right. dust and damage. Uh, and then a couple other major improvements. I mean, there's always things like new porches on the backs of the cottages. We raise sidewalks for ADA accessibility. We put on new roofs. You know, those are kind of mundane things, but we've also, um, been able to revamp our entire lighting system. We renovated the Nice Wander Theater and added new seats, ADA access, restroom improvements, backstage improvements. Um, so, so really, uh, we've expanded the lower level of the theater to be a, a whole area for our dance program. So it kind of feels like every year, I think like, ah, this is going to be the year where I just take a break. Uh -huh. We don't do anything major, nothing special. We do, but I mean, I think those things just come up because we, we're all excited and wanting to continue to grow and push ourselves. So if you're not expanding, you're contracting and we've been, we've been expanding. Yeah, it's interesting to hear all that because I'm someone who's new to junior theater. So to me, this is all just the way it is. Um, but also coming from that, I don't, I've never known what the programs were like pre-COVID because I got here in a time that was post-COVID and during COVID. So can you tell me what junior theater was like before everything happened? Yeah, so a typical year at junior theater uh, in a non-pandemic world uh, involves, you know, throughout the year we do three sessions. So we do three 10-week sessions on the theater end and all of that stuff culminates in a performance on the stage. So whether a kid's doing musical theater, whether they're doing Broadway, acting, um, a huge element of junior theater throughout the decades is that, yes, kids learn in the classroom, but you really need that performance experience. I mean, it's so true. I mean, you know, as a performer, until the audience is out there, 
you can practice all you want, but like you really hone those skills in front of a live audience. Uh, so, so basically everything junior theater does ends in a performance in a typical non-pandemic environment. So that includes our, you know, we, we used to always do a couple drama day camps in the nineties, but now we do five or six camps each summer. Uh, and those are, those are really large. And then of course the junior theater school of dance runs as well. They do a, uh, 12 week, a 16 week and an eight week session throughout the year. So there's opportunities for kids to get involved kind of throughout the year. So, I mean, you know, on any given night, we might have over 500 students coming with their parents, uh, not in any given night, any given week, over 500 students coming with their parents, um, in and out of the facility, you know, including our staff. We might also be in production on the main stage, getting ready to open a show, um, and then simultaneously on the nonprofit end, meeting, grant writing, um, or doing workshops. There's just, it's just so vibrant, and there's usually so many people around all the time. And you're right, right now it's so quiet, and yeah. you've gotten to experience such a quiet junior theater. Um, I miss the sound of kids and my office is under an acting studio, so I miss all the, the mayhem above me and the running feet and the yelling, and um, I look forward to all of that. You mentioned that Junior Theater has a dance program. Have we always had that program, and can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, so there uh, was previously a dance company here at Junior Theater, and then they moved out of the studio space, and then that way they, they had more control over... Um, the company and, and their decisions and how they wanted to run their classes. So um, we had a, a studio and I've, I've always felt that a big part of junior theater's mission is just giving kids confidence, confidence in their body, confidence in their thinking, confidence in their choices. Um, and dance is also really about all of those things. Mm -hmm. And we had a studio. And so in 2011, we decided to start the DJT dance program. Um, and that first session, we had about 60 students and it was great, uh, small program. But I mean, since then, um, in a typical dance session, we can get upwards of 250 to uh, 300 enrollments in the program. And um, we do ballet, tap, jazz, hip hop, cheer, palms, lyrical i mean all sorts of these all sorts of different dance forms and as a, somebody with a theater background it's it's really great to get to see kids succeed in dance i've learned a lot about dance from watching but the one thing that junior theater dance is focused on is helping kids engage the world and um, empowering them to express themselves is incredibly important. And then of course, making dance affordable and accessible. So, you know, we have a shoe exchange program where when kids feet get bigger, cause that happens, they can come in and trade out their ballet shoes or their tap shoes or their jazz shoes for the next size. As long as we have it in stock for free, we don't charge for that. We also have, uh, we only do one recital a year, so there's only ever one costume fee, um, and it's super reasonable. We don't really make money on our costuming, so um, yeah, we really pride ourselves. We, do, we don't charge admission for the recital. Like, we're a really affordable program to make sure families and kids can access dance. That's awesome, because I know dance and theater, they can just skyrocket from price of, you know, paying to play and, you know, trying to get money for shoes and costumes. So it's really great that junior theater does that. 
What was Junior Theater up to in the pandemic? So right when the pandemic hit, we were a few weeks into our production of Robin Hood. Uh, we just finished all of the staging and we're kind of gearing up to look down the road towards tech. Uh, and we were in the middle of a spring break camp and one of our largest sessions. And again, we had over 500 students involved in theater and dance. Uh, and then that all, that all came to a stop. So, you know, in the short term, we wanted to find a way to make uh, theater and dance accessible right away. Um, so we immediately went about creating our uh, le learning channel. Uh, which is on our website. It started as just videos, but it, it's grown to games and activities and um, behind the scenes tours and lots of other stuff. So it was important to get free stuff out there first. Uh, but while we were doing that, we were also simultaneously planning virtual classes right away because it looked like this was going to be going on for a while. So um, we were able to create and design four virtual studios uh, and we were, and we launched virtual classes, which were really successful. Our, our first session in June had nearly 300 enrollments and kids from all across the country because suddenly alumni were able to sign their kids up who have maybe moved away or lived in California or New Jersey. Uh, they could, I mean, they could sign up from anywhere. So, so that was really great. It was great to reconnect with so many of our students over the summer virtually. Um, so we've been doing that uh, and we've continued our virtual programming. Uh, and then of course, um, and I might, be, I might be getting ahead of you here, but of course this fall we've started to do some in-person programming as well as virtual programming. Uh, and then of course our first ever virtual main stage show too. So, you know, um, and lots of other special projects. We're adapting, we're adapting and uh, not just kind of sitting down with our, sitting on our hands going, well, eventually this pandemic will end. No, life, you know, life is life and what, whatever's going on in the world, we have to adapt and find ways to meet kids where we can. What do you think the biggest challenges of adapting to the pandemic world were for junior theater? So I think a big challenge is of course, adapting theater and dance to the virtual world. I'm, I'm proud of what we did and the, the studios we were able to set up and the experiences we were able to, to give the kids because uh, I know a lot of them were having a lot of fun. Um, now, we recognize that virtual classes are just, they're not the same as in-person classes. And um, so once kids went back to school and were spending so much time on their computers, I think that's when we realized that they, they just couldn't, they didn't have the space, the bandwidth to continue to, to be virtual. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think another obvious challenge is just general attendance and revenue, you know, um, junior theater, you know, revenue wise is doing about 20%, 25% of what we were doing last year. So, you know, we've had to slender up and tighten down to kind of get through this thing and um, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's been a really big challenge too. I know in terms of rewards, we talked about how there's kids from all, our, all over the country able to sign up for our virtual classes. Do you think there were other unexpected rewards that came out of going virtual or just? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So one thing that I think virtual classes, but also the pandemic, um, it, it has forced us to create an all new slate of classes. I mean, from voiceover to acting with accents to heroes and villains, 
Um, and on the dance end, uh, creating choreography and uh, tone it up classes and Zumba. And we really had to, and, there, and there's a lot more than just that, but we, it really gave us the chance to break out of the mold that we'd been in uh, and rethink how we deliver programs. So, so that's been a really good benefit. And I think our kids have benefited from that too, because they've gotten to do some classes that we, we just normally wouldn't offer just because the, you know, a 10 week class is different than a four week class or a five week class. Um, but, but it's also really exciting because we're starting to talk this week about, okay, if we're able to come back in the fall or maybe even in this coming summer, uh, we have a chance to completely rebuild how we deliver our in-person programming as well. So me and the team are actually meeting starting this week talking about, okay, what does a, what does a rebuild look like? Because it's been disruptive for so long, we can kind of rethink ways we're serving kids and maybe be more creative and come up with more stuff. We're, we're in an out of the box mindset. So it's a good time to look at all that stuff. That's awesome. And also because of the pandemic, you were able to have more of us AmeriCorps members, right? Normally you mm. have less. Yeah, so junior theater has been really lucky because again, uh, as a program of the city of Davenport, the city of Davenport has a robust AmeriCorps program. So AmeriCorps being kind of like the Peace Corps, but uh, on the American state side, could you hear the dog? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing this interview from home. My dog is sleeping. Not anymore. Um, but anyway, so typically during the year, I'll have an AmeriCorps member, usually one AmeriCorps member serving year round for 900 hours. And then we'll bring on one or two more AmeriCorps members in the summer when we're really heavy in programming. Um, but this year with the pandemic coming, you know, one thing for me, I'm a theater major. Uh, that's my field of study. It was really important because I knew I, I could, I could just kind of lean, lean back and try to wait things out, but um, was important to offer more opportunities for more people in theater because I know when I was recently graduating, um, this time would have been difficult because all the theaters are closed. So we took on four AmeriCorps members and that's allowed us to do things like this podcast that you're leading. So thank you, Emma, for that. <laughs> Um, but we've also, you know, we're building out a virtual tour of the program. Um, we've been able to really delve deep into building out a, a history museum that we're going to be debuting in 2021, where alumni can come and walk through the history of the program they've been part of. Uh, we've also, you know, you've been part of um, creating murals and doing uh doing different things like that. Of course, the DJT Learning Channel was almost exclusively a function of the hard work of the AmeriCorps members putting that together. Um, and I know there's even more things that I'm missing, but the, the AmeriCorps program is so great because it gives, uh, it gives people the opportunity not only to gain experience, but also um, get paid a little something and then also get a, a scholarship to go towards um, paying off student loans and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. And I think that's been going well. I've actually been, um, really excited to be part of the AmeriCorps team and helping lead all the cool stuff we're doing. I'm sure I've forgotten some other things, but. I know as yeah. a recent, uh, you know, 2020 theater graduate, having an opportunity like this kind of 
feels like it fell from the sky. It's awesome to have a theater opportunity right out of college and during the pandemic. So I know us AmeriCorps members are really grateful for it. Yeah, and I'm, and I just, I love working with all of you. So it's, it's cool to have you here. I have one last question for you. And this is, um, what is your favorite or one of your favorite junior theater memories? And it can be from when you were a kid here, when you were, uh, you know, teaching classes, anything. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, so I've got to divide that up. My favorite memory as a kid is honestly just my friends. I, I know that's not one specific memory, but my, my junior theater friends are really the only friends that I, I keep in touch with on a routine basis. Um, especially during the pandemic, we've been really close and Marco Poloing and sending videos back and forth. Um, uh, and I love them. Uh, and they're, they're just a, so the friendships were, were amazing, both with my students, but also with the adults who were here too. Uh, and then probably my favorite, most memorable moment, of course, any moment a kid has an aha moment and has a breakthrough is really exciting. But selfishly, my favorite moment was <clears throat> when we um, reopened the renovation of the theater. I as somebody who's passionate about the program and its long-term existence to, to be able to do such a huge renovation to the Mary Nyswander Theater, Mary who founded the program and put it in a place where, where it's, it's kind of taken care of for the next 20 or 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, being connected to that sense of longevity was really special. And then being able to uh, carry my recently born son out on the stage with me at that event and um that was fun and 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 since then getting to see him then favorite dad moment was getting to see him do his first preschool class showcase at junior theater so, so i'm really blessed i i've just I've got, I've got so many great memories um with the program and i i continue to look forward to serving it because it it does, it does good things. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview with me today. I know you're really busy catching up on work with the city and just checking in with everyone in general. Yeah, yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate the time and I'm looking forward to all the other interviews and all the other podcasts. I'm looking forward to them too. Thanks, Daniel. This has been the Devonport Junior Theater Podcast. Thanks for listening.